Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and happy Friday. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. A uh, busy program coming up today. It's Friday. One of the highlights of any Friday is the very last segment of the program where we give away some Claxton's barbecue. And today will be no different. About 11.45-ish, we will get to that. We'll use the, well, Drake, Iowa, Iowa State games. You and I will factor with our tiebreaker. But we're going to throw the game of the day, at least, in my opinion, the game of the day, Trent Condon. It's that Big 12 tilt between your Jayhawks. My Jayhawks <laughs> and well, Texas Tech. Don't don't you put that taint on me? No, I wouldn't do that. No, no, no. Uh, but uh, so we're going to use that. Uh, we will use that in the Claxons giveaway. About eleven forty-five. Coming up first, we'll hear from Tom Kakert. We'll preview tonight's Indiana Iowa game. If you can't watch it, you can hear it down the dial at ten forty. WHO pregame is at seven. Tip time was scheduled for eight, but it's been backed up until eight fifteen. Not sure of the reason for that, but that is the. Uh, um, information that the media has been given that uh, given that the game will tip at eight fifteen, so kind of a nice start. As of yesterday, I heard Trent that there were only two hundred tickets available for tonight's game. Friday games, Iowa City, two enthusiastic thumbs up amongst the fan base. Now it helps that they've played Michigan and Indiana. Michigan, a very good team. Indiana, yep. name program. This was Michigan, but yeah, I agree with you. If yep. this was. Rutgers and yeah, Penn State. Penn State would be a little bit different, I think. I wonder. I mean, sure. I, I'll, I'll, uh, to an extent, I do agree with you. There's no question. I mean, about Tuesday that. they had a top 25 matchup, and there was 11,000 people in the building. Mm. Now, weather maybe, but mm-hmm. a lot of those tickets normally would have been bought before, mm-hmm. and it was paid attendance of 11,000 and change in Carver. Yeah, I think tonight's going to be fun. I like these Friday night games. I do. It's the only you know air quote power five game of the night. There's uh, you know Rising League and a bunch of the uh, Buffalo plays tonight. They're fun they to play? watch. Yeah, I haven't seen them. I don't think they play at six. So maybe uh, that's, that might work. That's your appetizer. It might the day. work. That's very true. So coming up on the program, Tom Caker at about ten twenty five. Then Dylan Montz at ten forty five. As Iowa State goes on the road to take on a TCU team that has lost now three straight. Uh, but last their last win was against Iowa State when they scored what they scored ninety something. I want to say mm-hmm. ninety put up ninety something points on Iowa State. I remember Davis, the freshman guard, had a career day against the Clones and. Uh, Iowa State coming off a loss of their own right as they uh, try to get back in the win column and do so tomorrow at 1 o'clock on ESPN2. Coverage on 100.3 The Bus at noon with tip time at 1 o'clock. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll hear from David Kaplan. We were off on Wednesday, so we didn't have a chance to catch up with Cappy then. Uh, schedules didn't allow it to do it yesterday, but uh, we're set to go with Cappy today at 11.15, as we always do with Cappy. Cappy's on the air in Chicago, same time we're on the air in Des Moines. We have to tape this earlier, and that's exactly what we did. But uh, I don't think that there's anything that's broken in the last couple of hours that's going to taint this piece, if you will. No, no surprise. Bryce Harper to the White Sox, though. Or anybody. Anybody, to, for that matter. How long does this go? Well, the word trend... Uh, the word the what what you see on Twitter and what I read is that there might not be a three hundred million dollar offer out there, and yeah. Scott Boros is bound and determined to beat the Machado number, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure he's going to. Did you see the Padres 
are not ruling out the possibility of both? It's a slight chance. I read the athletic piece about that. Uh-huh. Boy, the athletic's good. It, it really is. It's so much. It's so worth the money, folks. We're not paid to endorse it. No. It's the future of sports reading. And it sports doesn't matter writing. what you're a fan of. Right. You can be a ho- hockey fan like you. You don't get a lot of hockey coverage here you in don't. Des Moines. No. Or you could be a fan of a random team. You know the people, well, like Andrew Downs downstairs? San Francisco Giants. San Francisco Giants. Right. right. He's not opening up the register and getting no. the latest on what's happened to the Giants. If you're, if you're a Sacramento Kings, yes. you're Miami Dolphins, whatever, whatever the sport, the athletics got you covered. And then the local content with mm-hmm. Dockerman on the Hawkeyes. And, and, and the Cyclones as he dips yes. over. He did a really good piece on Matt Campbell uh, earlier this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Um, and I anticipate that the Cyclones will get their own guy assigned to them at some point. Don't you think? I mean, I yeah. could see Iowa. I could see Doc. Right now, he's all football. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not exactly true. He does some basketball, some basketball, but he's not on the day-to-day beat. Correct. He's not going on the road with the team. I could see that changing once Iowa State gets a uh, uh, their guy assigned to them, which I could. Decide. I think it's coming. I really do. I see Yahoo Sports is now entertaining because they got some writers over there. Yes, they and do. They've got some talent. Um, not not as clearly no nowhere near the number that the athletic does, but they're thinking of going to the pay, uh, subscription. pay subscription based model. And I like forty. I like Wetzel. Yeah, I like too. a lot of those guys. Samuel, mm-hmm. one pace. I'm with you. Is kind of yep. enough for me though. I'm with you. It's it's tough to do. It's well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get used to it. I I don't yeah. know, uh, but what I do know is we will uh, hear from David Kaplan. Then we'll hear from Jason Simmel inside the numbers. The baseball totals are out. We'll do that with Jason. We'll uh, obviously take a look at Indiana and Iowa tonight. That number is what for the Claxons? Uh, we have it at six and a half. Six and a half. Some shops in Vegas have moved it to seven this morning. But well, we like to put a hook on there yes. so we have a winner either way. We hate right. pushes. We're concerned. Speaking of sports wagering mm-hmm. uh, if you get the paper and I know that fewer and fewer of you do but I do I do believe that a lot of people are digitally reading the Des Moines Register now yep. I didn't realize until this last week that my subscription is full-blown and I was wasting my doing because I you know waited for the paper and if I didn't get the paper that he didn't get the news right and I, I would go through I would blow through my how many free stories do you seven get? whatever it is seven a month whatever it right is, yeah. well all I needed to do was pick up the phone and call them and tell them I don't have a password and can you help me out and I do and my, you want to know my new password Ken Miller no it's not that's not it it's password. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so I'm good to go, so I can read it online. I'm well, starting to think about I need to get your username, too, so I can uh, sign into that. Well, I'd share it with you. Yeah. Um, is, is that above board? Sharing passwords? Not talking about it on the air. Is, no, no. <laughs> that, that's probably a, a no-no, but mm, do I share? Do I steal from somebody? I'm trying to think. Like, my parents, I tried to teach them how to use Netflix. And to oh, show- we steal that. And and to show no, that's them. not true. But don't you doesn't Netflix give you like two or three buddies to watch too? Well, you can have different accounts. It's supposed that's, to be within your household. Well, my sister in law provides my wife with hers. With hers, she doesn't live with us. Yeah, so we're cheating. maybe frowned upon. Maybe frowned upon. But it's understood. And, and you know, as cut cording has become more and more prevalent, or cord cutting. Yeah. What did I say? Cut cording. Yeah. Cut cording. <laughs> Good Friday to you too. The uh, but you hear more and more of those stories and. Oh, my parents have DirecTV. I just use theirs to sign into ESPN, watch ESPN or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be tough. I mean, yeah. 
How prevalent is it? How much money oh, are these people losing? Gazillions of dollars. Right. Gazillions of dollars. Uh, so we started to, we, we talked about the uh, Jason symbol. We'll go inside the numbers in Vegas, CG technology, and then we'll give away the Claxons. But there's a front page story is where I started to go on today's register, and you can read it online at Des Moines Register regarding Prairie Meadows and the sports book that they are pouring along with William Hill significant money into. Uh, it's a really good read, and I read a piece yesterday, um, a blogger that I respect, and respect's not the right word, but I, 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 I believe he's credible, mm-hmm. um, and it's his opinion that Iowa will be the next state to throw the switch to give the green light to sports wagering in the country. So we are... Fast-tracking sports wagering. Give me a horse racing. Are we coming down the home stretch? Mm, we're or, on the far turn. Far turn, okay. Yes, yeah, so we haven't quite turned for home. Yeah. Uh, but the jocks are starting to belly down a little bit, and they're <laughs> starting to <laughs> cluck to their horses a little bit. Uh, they're getting close. All right. And... Um, you know, in fact, the article goes on to say, and I'm not sure I've, uh, the, the the guy that's quoted is I don't know him. I guess mm-hmm. well, I've been gone from Prairie for 15 years, um, so there's been some changes, is my guess. <laughs> yeah. But he was quoted as saying that um, you know they hope to be ready in June. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking, you know, I think most of the casino operators, and and I, you know, close with one, and, and I know that he speaks to a lot of them, and as an association, as a group, and they were hoping for, you know, kind of a soft lunch in August and mm-hmm. be ready when college football starts, and you know, full blown into the NFL, and that was kind of the consensus out there. But look, Prairie is built and ready to go. If they, if the, if the law was passed today, I believe they could switch the uh, flip the switch in time for tomorrow. One point five million dollars mm-hmm. they've invested in this well again william hill uh, yeah, is, yeah. is involved in that too and they want it to look like william hill books around the country mm-hmm. as much as they can and their signage is going to be very prevalent uh at prairie meadows it's though it's william hill doing business at prairie meadows uh mobile wagering is a big part of it i guess the regs are being written for that mm-hmm. the casinos as we said yesterday they've kind of been the ones that have been told that they are going to you know be, uh, carry this forward it's not going to be at least at this point it's not going to be the lotteries there is some naysayers still out there from the lobbyists that we heard and we're going to go into this more next week because i'm going to do my darndest over the weekend to get some principles uh either to come in studio with us because one aspect of this trend quite honestly we're overlooking is we're all also gung-ho about sports right mm-hmm. but you remember two years ago what we were clamoring for fantasy sports i've been clamoring for that for a long time well it, it's coming at the same time we get sports betting it's almost like a oh really we get that okay yeah. good but i really don't care anymore a drop in the bucket it is it's kind of like the proverbial red-headed stepchild but it'd be fun i mean it's fun to play daily fantasy and in, in our state you've never been able to uh-uh. I, one of the few by the way i've talked to some friends here that well, what you do is you set up an account with a P.O. box in Minnesota or Indiana. Then you put your wagers. A P.O. The, box yeah, allows I, you to do that? Well, Not a physical address? It sounded like a lot of work just to play fantasy, daily fantasy sports. I mm-hmm. said, the hell with that. Mm-hmm. I'll just do my illegal stuff on the side. And will it matter? Will people? And, and the fantasy industry, that's one that I do wonder about. You've asked me that question. I, I think it's still... It has a path that's not going to kill it. Well, they're smart trends. You know what they're doing? They're 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 uh, migrating to sports wagering. Yeah, but they're not going. I don't think in 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 Iowa the FanDuel FanDuel kiosk, and DraftKings. Yes, what out at uh, in the Meadowlands? Right, they, they have the kiosks yes, right they there. Do. Mm-hmm. 
And, and in the um, what, what's the name of the hockey rink in the in New Jersey? I don't know. It used to be the Prudential Center, I right? Think. I don't know what it's called anymore. But they have actual you know floors. They've got a, they've got areas that are you know they've got sports books, if you will, and it's based on those kiosks like you just referenced. But so, it's it's here. So yeah, it, help me envision this. I, I saw the picture of the bar, and mm-hmm. you know you'll have. Obviously, like a bar at a casino and at a sports book, are they going to have the little tables? You know, you, you sit down in the Kiosks, soft chair and you, you flip. individual monitors. Yeah, well, they do for horses. Right. I would anticipate that they would want to do that for because I mean, you can't go to a book in Vegas. I'm trying to think of any of the properties, you can't sit down in your own little cubicle, if you will, and have your own little twelve-inch monitor TV. South Point doesn't have that anymore, don't they? No. Okay, and I so think maybe the, the Veasan Studios maybe took up some of the real estate maybe. that they had those before. Maybe, but so. they do have the little. You sit down in the chair, mm-hmm. and you got the little half desk. It's like a school desk, right? Almost. And you got a light, a light yep. on your desk, and, and you can pull off a bunch of parlay sheets if you want and play with those. Absolutely. And, Start making your bets. I spent a lot of time in those chairs throughout the years. Uh, that's one of the one of the highlights. Well, I have one of those chairs at Prairie. I, you know, I don't know the answer. So next week we'll get some of these answers because Good. we are. I don't think this is if anymore. I mean, still technically it's if. Sure. And there's going to be some pushback amongst. I would think some of the groups that wanted to be, you know, the lights holder, if you will, or the the they had the have the loudest voice in this. Um, and their hearts are going to be broken. They're going to be told no. So um, they may or may not be, you know, willing to um, get on board with uh, whoever is successful, and that is going to be the casino. So we'll do more on that next week. But it's coming, folks, and maybe as early as June, if you um, if Prairie Meadows is ready to go, and I believe that they are. Uh, what else? Oh, what did, did you watch any Minnesota and Michigan last night? I tried Trent. It really. The game wasn't as close as the score would indicate. No. I think it got to what nine in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Poole couldn't miss. I mean that that yeah. was my biggest takeaway from last night. Is Teske Poole, was good. Teske was good. Yes, that's that's fair too. Brzezikas was okay, mm-hmm. but Poole was terrific. Uh, you know who I really like? This Oturo kid from Minnesota is going to be a pain in the you know what in the Big Ten. How they continually find Minnesota seemingly always has a big guy. Mm, yeah, it? yeah. They, they just always got a big mm-hmm. dude in there that does work, and it's been Jordan Murphy for the last three years, yeah. but. It, you, you and just, he was good last night too. Yeah, he was. But they always have that guy from Rick Rickards to I mean, <laughs> way back to Kevin McHale and yeah. everybody in between. They always seem to have that guy. Little Ricky though, they don't make the NCAA tournament. I mean, how much is the pressure ratcheted up for the Gophers? Uh, fair point. Yeah. He's he's coaching for his job next year. If this isn't an next NCAA year tournament, for team, sure, yes, he'll get next, another. Year. I think he will too. I think he will too. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a hard watch. And then I tried to watch Gonzaga because you tipped me off on that last night that they're playing at eight o'clock. And my God, they just it's like playing people. the junior varsity. And some of these WCC teams are are decent. Some of them, yeah. San Francisco's pretty good. Mm-hmm. BYU's Pepperdine, not so much. No, Pepperdine's awful. Whatever happened to the kid that uh, from Waukee that went out there? He should be. Maybe he'd be graduated by now. He played basketball for a year or two. I remember that. I don't remember his name, but I remember the story. I don't know yes. if he stuck around because he stopped playing basketball. I don't know if he stuck around. What a place to play collegiate. Yeah, though. there's worse, right? Why isn't that program better? I mean, yeah, yeah, you take a point. visit and say, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I'll spend four years here. I'm good. I'm with you. I'm with you. You can do that or Spokane, Washington? Hmm. Spokane's nice, but Pepperdine's nicer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no Malibu? Give me Malibu. Give me Malibu any day of the week. Um, 39 years ago, you weren't born. I was not, no. I remember, not vividly, but pretty close because well, it's hockey. Mm-hmm. It's winter. 
it's a winter Olympic sport, and this Russian team that was would be upset. Um, did it make Al Michaels' career? It certainly launched it. It did. And that call at the end, the iconic. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah. Um, did, would Al Michaels be Al Michaels without that? No. I don't think he would either. No. I mean, still, as good a broadcaster as we've heard, and regardless of sport, right? I mean, he could do everything. But he became iconic. He became Al Michaels. With the I know that call, and I was in my mama's belly. Right. At the time, you were, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... And there's a lot of people that do that were twinkling. Um, right. Right? Uh, but it was amazing. Now, I still, to this day, believe I watched the game live. In Canada. In Canada. Because it, it wasn't, wasn't here. It, and can you imagine that? Well, obviously, you can, because it would never happen today, right? Yeah. The internet had not been invented. Al hadn't got to that yet. Mr. <laughs> Gore was busy. I don't know what he was doing, but he hadn't invented it yet. And the, the tape delayed the game. How would you have found out? Radio? I don't know. Would you have? I, I've heard stories relayed like that, that they're driving home and heard a radio update. They've upset the Russians. They upset the Russian, but outside of that, and if and if you're watching, well, whoever had who had the Olympics? Well, it's got to be ABC because that's where ABC. Michaels was, I believe. So, I'm sure ABC, the local affiliates, don't say anything. The national right. news that night don't right. say anything. Right? They're, they're on lockbox, so yeah, because it was Jim McKay. Jim McKay was the host, so okay. that was ABC. Wide World of Sports was where he not became famous, but certainly did a, a, had a big part of his career. But outside of that, Mm-mm. there's no way to know. There was no way to know, and the game was. Shown on tape delay. I don't believe that was the case in Canada. I don't. Hockey in Canada, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, the the Russian team that they beat, Trent, was so dominant that they went on a tour. I think it might have been the year before. They played, and there wasn't a ton. There wasn't 30 NHL teams at this point. Mm -hmm. I think there's probably 16, meaning the pool was not as diluted as, and look, these are still tremendous athletes. Right, right. But you know what I mean? There were half the jobs in the NHL that there that there are today. And they went like, I don't know, they, they didn't sweep the series, but they had way more wins playing exhibition games against NHL teams. And then before the Olympics, they played an all-star, NHL all-star, one of those challenge cups. Yeah. Made, of the, made up of the best NHL players in the world. Now, at that time... This is 95% probably Canadians. That was our game, right? Mm-hmm. Americans had yet to make their mark. And we didn't know about, we, we knew about the Russians, but they killed them. They beat the Canadian, the best in the world. They shut them out, I believe, uh, with the best goalie in the world by a guy by the name of Vladimir Trechak, who was pulled inexplicably in the Miracle on Ice game. He was yanked after the first period. The best goalie to ever look through a mask, in my opinion, is Vladimir Trechak. And I'm not the only one that would say that to you. You take the best in the world now, and you put him on the ice with Trechak, and Trechak's going to win the starting job. Wow. Is that good? But it was just such a remarkable, oh my God, they beat that team? A bunch of American amateurs, college players? Came together. Now, a few of these guys would go on and have really nice NHL careers. I mean, Ken Morrow was the, all of those cups that the Islanders won. He was part of that. And there was Neil Broughton up in Minnesota. He played for a long time. You might remember that name. Yes. Uh, Dave Silk was another one. Um, not at Jim Craig, the goalie. Mm-hmm. He bounced around for a while, but uh, never was able to duplicate his Olympic experience. Remember him wrapped? You've seen pictures of him wrapped yes. up in the flag, and he's looking for his dad in the crowd because mama died recently. Oh, wow. Oh, it was amazing theater. So, equate it to current day. This would be like 
this type of team beating that. Is this Great a point? Is this a the Barnstormers beating the New England Patriots? What? No, it can't be that. Fo- I don't think that's crazy. Really? I mean, Trent, this was a team, and I if I think if I looked. They played the U.S. and the USSR because it was the U.S. Was it the USSR? I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, they would play leading up to the Olympics a couple of exhibition games, ten two, fourteen to one. Which in hockey, yes, that's an all star game kind of. So, so that is all right. The Patriots are playing. I don't know. Barnstorm is tough because it's a different type of sport. But okay, they're playing the Cyclones or the Hawkeyes. Okay. And they, they play one exhibition game and they win 77 nothing. Yes. Yes. And then the next. And then they come back and beat them. When it counts. 24 13. 24 21. Okay. Something like that. But they get them. But they get them. How did that happen? I don't know the answer to the question. Drake almost beating Iowa State. This is a lot bigger. Yes. If- way bigger. Way, way, way bigger. Um, I State didn't want to play that game. Mm-hmm. The Russians wanted to play in the Olympics. They, they, they wanted a gold medal. Yes. Dominated the sport, and you take a look at that 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 Olympic team that the U.S. is just one NHL superstar after another on that team, or just tremendous players, unbelievable. Remember, not vividly anymore. It's been almost forty years, but I'll never forget it. Uh, we're going to talk to Tom Caker. We're done for the opening segment. For those of you who are kind of my age, I'm sure you remember it too. And it, it's just crazy to think that somehow. Uh, the world, at least this part of the world, did not know, the majority of you, that the game was being showed via tape delay when it came on ABC that night. We'll take a time out. Tom Kakert, Dylan Montz. Uh, we'll talk to Cappy in the 11 o'clock hour, give away some Claxon's barbecue. We're glad you're with us. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Dylan Monson, 15 minutes or so on Iowa State and TCU right now. Uh, let us... What are, the, are we supposed to do anything with Dave Matthews there or something, Trent? I think people think that they did, then they heard the music, but the tickets have been given away. Tickets have been given away. There yes. you go. The Claxons has it. Be no, patient. Be patient. An hour and 15 minutes or so. We people will, get uh, excited for the tape. All of a sudden, the phone lines are lighting up. Yeah, well, you need to find some, maybe some different bump music. This yeah, week. I guess so. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com joins us. He'll be working tonight, 8.15 tip-off. How are you, Tom Caker? I'm doing all right. I will be working tonight. Uh, the late shift with this 8:15 start that uh, I don't think a lot of people love. Why eight? It's a Friday night. 8:15, eight o'clock. There. I don't think FS1 has anything beforehand. At least college basketball wise. Any idea why even 15 minutes later here? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Maybe they're they want to uh, do something with their pregame show. Maybe, maybe, yeah. So that that might be part of the reason. I don't know. It's 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 weird, but it is what it is. Yeah, and Trent, you're right. There is no game preceding on FS1, at least a basketball game, because I got the schedule in front of me for tonight. And well, anyways, it is eight fifteen, which won't make uh, you know Lysticow and Emirate and the the newspapers very happy, as they probably will blow by their deadline. But uh, the way it's all online now, anyways. Um, 
So let's get into the game, Tom. And I, I don't know what to make about this Indiana team. They're one of the biggest head scratchers. Isn't that safe to say maybe one of the biggest disappointments, surely, considering the start and where they're at right now? And you look at that Big Ten slate. They started 2-0 and with a win over Northwestern and Penn State way back in December. And since then, what their only win is... Oh, no, they beat Illinois early in January. But then it's Michigan State and East Lansing, and that's it, Tom Cakert. And that's probably, out of their um, last 12 games, that's probably the most improbable outcome of all of them, and they won that game, uh, winning at the Breslin Center. Right. Otherwise, you know, that, I just I just can't uh, figure the team out. They're 12-2. They're and two, um and they were nationally ranked at the first of the year. And now they're they're certainly not, uh, well, I shouldn't say certainly, because they've got three really good wins. Mm-hmm. They've got Louisville, pounded Marquette, and one at the Breslin Center. Right. And if they got hot at the end of the year, the way the bubble is this year, they'll probably get in. That's just how it is. Yeah, strange as that Here. is. And with their next three getting hot, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, all quality victories that all of a sudden that resume looks very good before they finish up with Illinois and Rutgers. That's but, how they're going about that. Trent, that's an excellent point. If, if I'm if I'm Indiana, if I'm coach, I'm getting You're still the, selling it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the selling point right there. Now do you have to get Romeo Langford to buy what you're selling. Mm. That guy, Tom, looks like he's checked out. Yeah, it just... Um, you know, it's so weird when you have those one-season guys that you know are one-and-done guys, and then when it's kind of apparent that you're not going to make the tournament. I, I used, like, Ben Simmons a few years ago for LSU as mm-hmm. an example where they didn't make the tournament, and you could just see at the end of the year, he just was like, I just, I'm just i just playing not to get hurt, and no. I'm not really interested in being here, right. and I just want to be a, a very high draft pick. So, um, yeah, it's it, they're they're still capable. I mean, that's a very very capable Indiana team. But maybe Langford gets reengaged at the Big Ten tournament where they can make a run and get to uh, get get in the uh, in the field of uh, sixty eight. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the cusp of falling out of the the lottery for crying out loud. Trent to clue me in on that one yesterday because yeah. I I thought he was top five and Trent and tapped the brakes a little bit. So I actually checked and. My partner and I shouldn't I shouldn't doubt him. He was absolutely right again. Yeah, you're learning. You're learning. Yeah, I am learning. You're learning. Uh, try, Tom, here's what I question tonight: We're, are t- What kind of Indiana team shows up? And the fact that you know they had their rival, right? That Purdue Indiana game earlier in this week was such a a Big Ten physical, you know, drag them out type of game, and you love those games. Not a lot of scoring. I mean, it was nobody broke 50, but they had it, Tom. It was, I just wonder what kind of Indiana team, and Trent makes a great point about the still lots to play for in these next three, but man, oh man, they have to be devastated off that Purdue last second tip in uh, by Harms. Yeah, it just, it feels like a this is a really bad spot for Indiana. And, and Iowa coming off a, a tough loss, too, at home, but they're still going to be at home, and they had some success. For Indiana, if they beat Purdue in Bloomington, you're feeling really good about yourself. Uh, but that's just, you pour so much into that, and now you got to go hop on a plane and go play in Iowa City on a Friday night. I mean, you wonder if Iowa comes out and kind of punches them in the mouth early if, if the game just 
is kind of over after 10 minutes. Now, Iowa's got to do that, right. and they haven't done that recently. They haven't gotten off to really good starts. And I think that's one of the keys for this game is that they've Iowa's got to get off to a really um, solid start uh, and, and score some points. Uh, you know, the other night, that was that was really brutal for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iowa-Maryland game, the, the first, you know, almost 10 minutes of the game was just awful. So we saw Wies Camp. He was dealing with foul trouble a few games back. Garza back-to-back games. He dealt with it. Fran is still steadfast in his two rule, and you sit. But you look at the second half of those games, though they had three fouls to play with, neither of those guys played well in those three games. I, I know it's it's a theory that Fran subscribes to, but we've seen at least a little bit of change. Can this be something that Fran listens to? Can somebody come to him with some data? Maybe he'll talk to Ken Pomeroy. I don't know who it is, and say, Fran, you don't have to be so strict with this rule of two fouls and you're done for the first half. Well, I I don't think that uh, Leopard is going to change his spots. I True. think Fran is Fran is who he is, and and we've seen him change a little bit, do some things differently. Uh, but I I just don't think he's going to change a whole lot. You know, as Trent mentioned, Wieskamp, and he uh, had a real disappointing one. Uh, points wise, Garza hasn't been playing well. Uh, those two youngsters uh, need to get going. Tom need to elevate it. I don't know what it is. Uh, if there's an injury there, or in Wieskamp's case, he's you know hitting that freshman wall, if you will. But Garza has not been good his last four games. I think he's averaging four points, and Wieskamp has certainly been better than Garza. To st- statistically, they need something out of those two guys. Those two the other night were combined one of twelve from the floor. Wow. So uh, Iowa needs those guys to get points on the board uh, and field goals. And, and I thought Luca showed some signs, um, but it, it's almost like teams have kind of figured him out in the last couple of weeks uh, and just are, are not jumping at the things that they would normally jump at with him. And mm-hmm. um, He's going to have to readjust a little bit. Tonight will be a good test for him because uh, Davis for uh, Indiana is a, a, a big dude, and he he's, uh, likes to go get some shots, and, and uh, Luca's not going to be able to push him around at all. So that's going to be a real, uh, I, I think, a real test for him. Uh, but I, I kind of think Joe's going to come back with a pretty good game tonight. He just he usually responds pretty well. We certainly did at Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's itching to get back out there and, and get some things done. Tom, you were in the locker room after the loss to Maryland on Tuesday night. I don't know if you're around Jordan Bohannon when he made his comments about being fouled on that final possession of the game. The mood overall in the locker room afterwards, certainly disappointed with the loss and kind of going forward, the look of, of Bohannon talking about the officiating after the game. Yeah, I was over there when he said those things, and that was that was pretty interesting that he kind of unloaded, and that's kind of Jordan anymore. He just kind of lets loose with whatever, and um, you know that. And that was uh, one of the things that he let loose with. And he had a case, I think, just based on some of the still photography that uh, he mm-hmm. did get hit a couple times on that last play, and he did have a case that um, Cowan went with the Michigan State methodology of, of, of playing defense, <laughs> right. which is just continue to foul people because uh, they won't call all of them. Right. So, um, you know, then we have yet to see that happen. Uh, so they just, you know, that's what he was, he felt like was going on and, and, uh, let, let that be known. So, 
I don't know, maybe he's playing for another day when perhaps Iowa has to play uh, Maryland again. I would love to see it, Tom, and I know that they don't play each other uh, with any regularity, uh, seemingly. Uh, but I think a lot of people have talked about just, uh, you know, you go back to last year with Fernando and the Cook and the histrionics uh, that was there and then this yeah. year. Uh, I would love to see these two schools play twice every year, Tom Cakert. Yeah, I would, too. I I think it's kind of um, a, a rivalry that could be kind of fun, I think. Turgeon and and Franz kind of an interesting battle too, and uh, I'd, I'd like to see more of it. But uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe they'll get that uh, being that four or five. Wouldn't game that be great on, on Friday? Uh, you know, that'd be a nice little afternoon. Yeah. Uh, plus, it, uh, you know, I just want to keep Iowa out of that sixth spot, so we're not there all day. Mm-hmm. You know, the eight eight thirty start right. that always gets started later than it should mm-hmm. uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Just Kind of want to avoid that. I know what it is. You you want to get out there and get some beer and pizza afterwards. I know what you're thinking. It's Chicago, <laughs> this is, after all. This is this is exactly my plan. You know, I've got I've got places I need to go. Best deep dish. What's the best place around the United Center? Well, we got Cappy coming up. Oh yeah, we, we, we yeah. can only say one. Yeah. Ask 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 Cappy about uh, Malnati's. What he thinks of Pequods. Uh, well, we'll we'll have to. But his his wife is the. Director of marketing for what is it? Ms. Malnati's is the pizza, yeah. right? Is so, that the one coming to here to Des Moines? No, it's Giordano's G- is the other one. Yes. There's, by the way, uh, how Northwestern has a uh, a young Malnati on its the basketball roster. Oh. Walk on. I wonder how that happened. Amazing, yeah. right? For post game. Yeah. What is what are the casket for post <laughs> Got a pretty good idea. Tom Kanker, thank you, Tom. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. We'll continue, okay. as we always do, to read your stuff at HawkeyeReport.com. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kanker on the Hawks. Dylan Montz is next on the Cyclones. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN. Polar Plunge. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. No Dave Matthews this time. No Rolling Stones tickets to give away either. That'd be nice. It would be nice. Uh, Dylan Mons, it's going to be nice to talk to him. We will momentarily. In about a half an hour, we will hear from David Kaplan. We will head to Chicago, catch up with Cappy. It was taped earlier as Cappy is on the air. Uh, full disclosure there, that'll be the same this fall when we get PA on he- in here on a weekly basis, although we're going to get him after the combine at some point in, in the weeks leading up to the draft. That'll so be Vikings fun. Fan. It will yeah. be. Of course, the Vikings play here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. And I might pop up and say hello to PA when I'm up in Minneapolis here in a month or so. You know what? I'm envious of that trip for you. I was thinking about that. That's going to be a blast. A bucket yeah. list for you, right? Yes. Final Four has always been more was than that a Super your Bowl. number one radio yes. coverage bucket not, list? Not a doubt. More than a national championship. Uh-huh. More than Super Bowl, World Series. Yeah. College basketball, as you know, is my favorite mm-hmm. sport. And regardless if we have a local team involved, I just want to be there. I said years ago, next time I was in Minneapolis, I was going. Going hell or high water, I would be there. I'm going to be there as a media member. As a credentialed member of the media. Good for you. Mine was Rose Bowl, and I've scratched that off. It's a good one. It was a good one. Dylan Montz, uh, Ames Tribune, he joins us. What's your, on top of your uh, journalism, sports journalism bucket list, Dylan Montz, what do you want to cover more than anything else before your career is over? 
Yeah, not to sound redundant, but I think I'm with Trent. The Final Four is something that just the the spectacle of it, and and you know you, you watch it on TV growing up as a kid, and you you kind of dream about being there. And um, I, I think it would be you know incredible to go as a credentialed media member, and um, you know we'll, we'll see if it ever happens. Hopefully, I can get there at some point. But that's awesome that you're able to go this year, Trent. So let's say Iowa State makes that run. Of course, we know Hines is going to be there. But would the Ames Tribune get to? And, oh, I would think. And would you be number two on that list? Because uh, I know everybody's going to be wanting to get that second credential. Yeah, uh, I, probably. Um, I, I would I would imagine we'd try to staff up as much as possible if Iowa State was able to make that sort of run. Um, I know that uh, I'm kind of waiting in the wings on the Big 12 tournament, so I, I would imagine um, there'd be that sort of opportunity if they did get up to Minneapolis, but... Uh, yeah, not, obviously I'm going to be impartial, but it, it'd be awesome to, to kind of get that opportunity to go up and, and cover that event for sure. Well, they tap the brakes a little bit because spring football's going on. Ooh. And you're the football guy, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe it won't work out. That'll, we'll see how it's going Yeah, I hate to burst your bubble. Well, uh, let, let's talk Iowa State and TCU. The clones try to get back into the win column. TCU's falling on hard times uh, in their own right. I don't believe they've won since they last saw Iowa State. They scored 90-plus on them. A lot of talk. Uh, Prom is PO'd, and he's not happy with his team and their lack of toughness and lack of will, I guess, to play on the defensive end of the floor, because that's a lot of times what it's all about, is you got to want it more, uh, that loose ball, than the, the guy in the other jersey. And um, Big spot tomorrow for Iowa State as they go on the road and try to pick off a TCU team that gave them fits last time they played. Yeah, absolutely. And um, With that Baylor game, I'm not usually one to criticize hustle and effort and that kind of stuff, but some of those offensive rebounds that TCU was able to, or that Baylor was able to get was just, um, you know, unbelievable. There'd be four Iowa State jerseys around standing around, and then TCU would swoop in there, and you know, not even full out hustle, just a, a little bit uh, made all the difference. And they were able to get back in there, but um, I, I think uh, you know, obviously, we've seen over the last uh, month or so, Iowa State has been able to go and play well on the road. Um, they did it at Kansas State. They've, they've shown they can do it at Ole Miss, um, one at Texas Tech. So they've gone into some uh, challenging environments and been able to come out with a win. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily know what the, the difference is there. If I, I probably if I did, uh, you know, there might be, um, you know, smarter people than I uh, on the basketball team that could solve those problems. But, it, yeah, I think, um, you know, if, if they can provide some sort of defensive resistance like we've talked about over the last couple weeks here, um, to that TCU front, then um, they'll give them give themselves a chance. But it's it's kind of a tough spot to be in now, just kind of given uh, what they have here down the stretch on their schedule. It's uh, this TCU matchup. We saw what happened two weeks ago. TCU then suddenly afterwards went back in the tank. Is is this a matchup issue? Is it a team that Iowa State doesn't match up well, or was it more two weeks ago looking back? Just a bad day. What What do you think? And and the matchup when you see the Horn Frogs on the other side for the Cyclones tomorrow? Uh, yeah, they've been out without Kawat Noy the last couple. Of games. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like he's going to be back for yep. for uh, this Saturday. So uh, that's probably part of it. But um, I think you can kind of go back to TCU and how well they were able to shoot the ball. And, and and I guess part of that was a lot of it was at the rim too. So I think that's yep. kind of what it comes down to. Can Iowa State uh, defend ball screens? Can they get their big guys to go in there and be physical and and provide some sort of uh, roadblock there? Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to. But I think he was able to kind of um, shoot out of their minds a little bit. And Iowa State was obviously pretty cold in that game. So 
Um, I don't necessarily know if it's as much of a matchup issue problem as Baylor presents, because um, that, that length that Baylor has has always been kind of a uh, bugaboo for Iowa State. So I think, um, you know, finding ways to, uh, you know, probably slow them down a little bit, and then, um, you know, you got to feel well. That's kind of how Iowa State's built. I think that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, there's no 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", guys on on TCU as far as I can remember. It's you know it's, it's a similar size uh, roster size uh, as Iowa State, so they should be able to, at least you would think, do some business. And, you know, Lindell Wigington seems to have a tremendous shooting day and not so much. Then a tremendous shooting game and not so much the next one. If that pattern continues, he should have a pretty good game tomorrow in Fort Worth. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, it's mirrored Iowa State as a team, too. You know, they can look so good one game and the next game um, just go in the tank for whatever reason. And, um, you know, in that Baylor game, similar to TCU, you kept thinking maybe they'll make some sort of run and, and kind of um, push ahead a little bit, but it never came. And so I think, uh, yeah, Linda Wigginson's probably a perfect example. You kind of know what he is as a commodity and as a shooter. Um, but just from night to night, you're never exactly sure what you're going to get, and I think that's kind of the way Iowa State is right now. So um, I don't know how that gets corrected. I mean, we're in the late stages of February here. You just got to kind of uh, probably ride out some of the inconsistencies and deficiencies. But, uh, again, I think Steve Prohm said it um, you know, as, as blatantly and as, as clearly as possible. They, they need to be tough on the defensive end if they're going to have um, some sort of chance here to, to make a run in the Big 12 tournament or in the NCAA tournament. Dylan, if there was ever a time to get Lindell Wigginton out there at 35, 36, 37 minutes, we haven't seen it this year. I mean, is it the time now to, to see what this team can be with him out there playing that much? He's been good in this role. He's been good. The Kansas State came a week ago, just how good he was in that one. But to push that number from 26 minutes a game to 34 and see what he can be, is it time for that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it just, it's so tough when they don't bring him in until like 14 minutes left in the game. He needs to probably come in at the under 16 and start to get in there a little bit earlier. And I don't know exactly what substitutions you want to make. If you bring out, um, you know, Bab for a few minutes, if you bring out Taylor Horton Tucker and go small, uh, I don't know. I, I probably does need to come in a few minutes earlier and, and just be out there longer. I mean, uh, because uh, like, like Ken said, he will have nights where, um, he'll just struggle to find a shot in some nights where, where he'll pop off and, um, you know, shoot really well and be in the flow of the offense. Uh, I think he probably needs, on those nights where he isn't as consistent, he probably needs a few more minutes to see if he can get something going. So, um, you know, it's probably a good, good opportunity maybe on, on Saturday to do it. Um, I don't know if, if how much the promo bend the rotations try to change it just because um, once he kind of figures out, you know, get comfortable with something, he usually sticks with it, but um, I, I think this might be a nice time to kind of tweak some things and see if you can get him a couple more minutes um, and bring him in at the under-16 instead of, uh, you know, a couple minutes after that. Uh, got one uh, one more minute with you. Uh, by the way, Bob Kraft, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, is about to be trending on Twitter. Um, three road games left, Dylan, at TCU, at Texas, at West Virginia. What's the most difficult? I mean, normally the answer would be West Virginia, I would think, most years, because it's such a tough place to win, or it had been until this year. Um, what's tougher? I guess, it, does it come down to the two Texas schools, TCU or Texas on the road? Which of those two? Yeah, I'd probably get the edge to Texas. I think um, so, too. I think they, they have been able to go and play uh, well at home at times. They lost a couple um, weird ones earlier in the year, I think, to Radford and 
VCU, and they, they've dropped a couple at home here um, in the Big 12 slate, but uh, they do play pretty pretty tough at home, and obviously they were they were tough against Iowa State and, and yeah. Tilton. So, um, you know, I think VCU has obviously come in and, and played well at home too, but I just think um, maybe it's the minister of culture at Texas, Matthew McConaughey, that, mm-hmm. that gives them such a good home court <laughs> environment. So, um, but I, I'd probably give the edge to, to the Longhorns there. Yeah, he's on the bench some days. <laughs> why wouldn't he be? He's Matthew McConaughey, right? He does what he wants. Rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. And why wouldn't if you if you've got a guy with uh, that uh, ilk? Why wouldn't you want him as uh, on your bench or wherever? Good stuff, Dylan. Uh, quick turnaround, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, comes and pays a visit on Monday night. It's a 7 o'clock tip, so that will precede Kansas and K-State on Big Monday. But Iowa State plays on Monday, and we will talk to you prior to that game. Have a wonderful weekend, Dylan Monts. Thank you for what you do for us. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com is where you can read Dylan and Travis and the whole crew. So 7 o'clock start there. 7 o'clock, kind of different. Because the Big 12 games had been stacked up with Six each other or at 8. 8, yes. Or, yeah, or two of them two at the same at 8 time. o'clock. I think, did they get off the, having both, because K-State-Kansas is so big. Yes, well, it could be that. It could be ESPN2 has something else. A 9 o'clock game that night. Oh, I see where you're going. Possibility. Let me look real quick here. Try just trying to connect the dot there. Let's see. That is there is Monday. nothing. No, nothing at nothing nine. Nine. Is there a, oh. ESPN has Notre Dame, Florida State, and that'll lead us into K State in Kansas at eight. It's a nothing else on ESPN two. Oklahoma, Iowa State, seven o'clock tip. Aussie rules football. Nothing like that. I don't know. I don't spend too much time on ESPN two other than uh, actual live programming. I'll tell you about Bob Kraft on the other side. Not good. Really, not good. Embarrassing. If you're a Patriots fan and if you're Bob Kraft, charged with two counts of soliciting prostitution in oh. Jupiter, Florida. Uh-oh. So what does the NFL do with that one? Slap on the wrist. Do you think so? Oh. Yes. He's an owner. Well, he is an owner. Uh, the 11 o'clock hour is next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.